Hi, I'm Rob, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, who lives only a quarter of a mile at a time, Jason. Mate, I don't even know what NOS is. Like... NOS. <laughs> Nitrous oxide, you fool. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what does it do? Oh, it's going to be a good episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rewind and Review. This is the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? Like I know it makes the car go faster, but how yes. does it work? What is it doing? You are familiar with combustion engines, Jason. No! <laughs> Get what? on with the intro, damn What's you! What's piston? This episode of Rewind and Review will look at, an, uh, <laughs> look at a film that started one of the most successful film franchises of all time mm-hmm. and convinced a generation of teens to want neon lights under their cars. Yes, that wasn't you. It was. I'll have to take your word I, for it. It was potentially me. Um, this fast-paced movie turns 20 years old uh, in this year, 2021, of our Lord and Saviour Vin Diesel, and was inspired by a 1998 article in Vibe magazine about illegal street racing in New York City. So grab your pink slips, tighten your seatbelts, and smash that NOS button <laughs> as we rewind to the year 2001. Swinging 60s, here I come, baby, yeah! Go back to then. When? Now. 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 Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. Once more, back in 2001, the year that was filled with teenager-targeted flicks. That year saw Donnie Darko blowing our minds, Final Fantasy inspiring our imaginations, Evolution making us giggle and cringe, and Angelina Jolie becoming a teenage sex symbol in Tomb Raider. There was something for everyone, even the rev-head teams of the world who were approaching getting their driver's license, with street racing, truck hijacking... Uh, nitrous boosted thrill ride called The Fast and the Furious. Yes. Now, directed by Rob Cohen uh, from a story by Gary Scott Thompson, uh, The Fast and the Furious stars the, at that time anyway, the relatively unknown Vin Diesel and Paul Walker, um, also alongside Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Matt Schultz, Johnny Strong, and Chad Lindenberg. Uh, although we are certain you've already seen this, possibly, probably, uh, be warned that if you haven't seen The Fast and Furious yet, but you uh, you do want to, uh, go watch it first uh, before listening to this episode because we are going to be talking spoilers. Vin Diesel, what? He had done like Pitch Black. Not, and not that, even then. Not even. Not no. even? No. He had done that Street Shark commercial though, didn't he? Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> good times. That's awesome. Good times. And Paul Walker was in that. He was in something. Was it not a movie? Or was it, no, 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 was no, it no, the no. one that... The real one, the one that's based on? Doesn't matter. Doesn't <laughs> matter. This movie. Famed Los Angeles street racer and formed convict Dominic Toretto, played by Vin Diesel, falls under the suspicion of the LAPD as a string of multi-million dollar high-speed truck hijackings have rocked the area. 
Brian O'Connor, played by Paul Walker, an officer of the LAPD and racing enthusiast, joins the ranks of Toretto's highly skilled racing crew, undercover to convict Toretto. Mm -hmm. However, O'Connor finds himself both enamoured with this new world and in love with Toretto's sister, Maya, played by Jordana Brewster. As a rival racing crew gains strength, led by the notorious Johnny Tran, played by Rick Yoon, O'Connor must decide where his loyalty really lies. Enter complex moral decision-making. Family. Family. (laughs) Coronas. All of the things. Um, Let's talk about our experiences. I have a feeling, Jason, that you may 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 not have watched this that many times. What's your experience? Sorry, I've. Have you I, watched it once? I think my sisters watched it. Okay. And I think I might have either been in the room, <laughs> been around the room. I was exposed to it, but did not take anything on board Ooh. whatsoever. This is going to be a fun episode. Have I watched any other Fast and Furious movies? The short answer would be no. However. I watched the Hobbs and Shaw movies, but I've seen... With no context. Nah. Far out. Nah. And I followed it. I had an alright time. It was fun. It's just two meatheads, buddy. It's fine. Just doing their thing, isn't it? Really? But I think, um, you know, I've been exposed to Mm -hmm. the, I guess... I've I've heard, read, seen people talk about the franchise. I know its trajectory. I know its sort of, its change come the fourth movie mm. and um, you know it being described as you know a live action Looney Tunes essentially you know like there's no there's no not this movie there's no not this movie but the franchise you know eventually <laughs> yeah, yeah. once we get to movie four, five, six, seven, yep there's no gravity there's no like there's, yeah. there's no Physi- physics physics do not exist yeah, yeah like it's a Roadrunner cartoon with cars yeah. so just you wait to Fast 9 mate but oh, I, I was like you know yeah. It's 20 years. It's been 20 years. The ninth movie... What is that even called? Fast 9? F9. It's F9. stylized F9, but it is called Fast 9 in some markets. Sure, Fast and Furious 9. Whatever it is. Um, that's just come out. I figure, look, we I might as well go back and, and check this franchise out, this whole series. So let's start where it began yep. with The Fast and The Furious. So here I am, on board. I'm doing it. Whatevs. I don't know cars. I don't know what things are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've all just got stickers on them and they all look stupid, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm just in for, I'm, I'm oh, enjoying the wow. ride, so here I am. Wow. That's it. Apologies in advance. I feel like for, I don't want to be here. Li- losing <laughs> half our listenership in case they were. Oh, anyway. Okay, well. We're going to have fun. Cool. What about you? Guess what? This is one of those very, very, very rare moments where I am much, 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 much more versed <laughs> in the material than what you are because this series, I've seen all of them. We're having a weird run at the moment. We're having a weird run. If you check that out, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark episode. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I know this movie. I've seen it a lot. Do I like it or not? That's what we will be discussing today. But I, uh, I have to admit, I. I've gotten something out of all of the movies that have come in. <laughs> even so, the crazy fun ones. Um, even well, no, I have to admit, like they're getting pretty good fun. I like them. <laughs> hey, they're yeah. popular. I'm making money. I love going to a movie and just watching like sh- watching shit go crazy. 
Um, what I would say, though, this is a very different movie, and we are going to talk about that tonal <laughs> shift. Um, but I've, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very familiar with this this movie and the, the whole series. Um, I am not a car person, and I'm not a revhead. Like I was teasing a little bit there in the intro. Don't I? wasn't really around I wasn't really chasing neons under my car and stuff like that however I was surrounded by people who were very much into that at all now this came out when I was uh, 15 years old so I was very much a target market for this one um, about as we said in that intro approaching driver's license everybody around me You're was buying 15. skylines you way older than that uh, 2001 I was 17 in 2003 alright fair enough mm. This was just before we were able to get our learner's permits, this this movie. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my experience. I, I like these this series. Um, whether or not I like this particular movie, we'll talk about that. Mm. It's Legacy. This movie was made on a budget of $38 million. However, it made $207.3 million in the box office, which was a surprise financial hit for Universal Studios. They were not expecting to make it this much. They, they did not market this very well. Also, did you see the trailer when you were researching? Probably not. No, I did. I watched it just out of curiosity. Sure. Very different. Very different trailer to what you get, like movie-wise. Oh, okay. So it I assume it's a it's a lot of like quick shots of like gear changes. No, and it's like, kind of like it's kind of, it's kind of like it's kind of like in a world when you know when when nobody can be trusted and not, like it's just a complete, wow. It's actually like, a trailer that starts with in a world something, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh. Thin, like. I can't remember verbatim what it says, but anyway. <laughs> but so just to say, uh, reiterate again, Universal Studios. Uh, this was a financial hit for them, and they were very happy. And it, which is why it has is now a saga, a, a massive series of movies, which we'll talk about. Yeah, um, that makes two hundred million look like nothing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, now it was released in D, uh, on DVD in January of that year of two thousand of two thousand and two. I think it was. Um, and it sold more than 5.5 million units in North America by that April. So in just a couple of months, a few million That's copies good. out there. Um, the audience, just that market. The audience was there. I've, and I've heard people, a lot of people refer to it as like, you know, like for a long, for the longest time, like it was like one of their favorite, most favorite movies for a few years or something. You know, like people really loved it. Yeah. And uh, people, 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 people like this movie. That's a sexy like, movie. You know, there's cars, there's cars and people, sexy, and they're all young, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, Let's talk about what the critics think. Um, so, wild, widely, I almost wrote in the notes wildly, but it's, it's wildly, wildly positive. Wildly positive. Wildly positive. <laughs> but widely, everyone generally is is happy with it. Um, so it's kind of you've got universal acclaim everywhere. Rotten Tomatoes give it fifty three percent. So critics, yes. Audience, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. That that to me didn't quite sit right with the rest of the things that I was reading when I was researching it. But Metacritic give it fifty eight out of a hundred. Um, a little bit higher, but still that seems to be average. So it's a bit contradictory there. But um, a couple of the I've written here a couple of the uh, just you know standout kind of critic comments that I wanted to include here. So Todd McCarthy from Variety called the film a gritty and gratifying cheap thrill. Um, Rob Cohen's high-octane Carmella is a true rarity these days. A really good exploitation um the sort of thing that would rule at um, drive-ins if they still existed. We have one here. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Kevin Thomas of uh, the LA Times called it an action picture that's surprising in the complexity of its key characters and the portents of tragedy. I, so 
critics, the reason I put these in here is there's, there's a level of appreciation and anal, anal, um, analysis to this film that I think maybe audiences might have been looking at fast cars and action, whereas there is a little bit of character development and depth to, to this. There is actually something. Um, and that's what some of these are pointing out. All right. The Ooh. consensus is sleek and shiny on the surface. Fast and Furious recalls those those cheesy ex, um, teenage exploitation flicks of the 1950s. All right, our mate Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Um, mm. He says it doesn't have a brain in its head, <laughs> um, but it has some great chase scenes and includes the most incompetent cop who ever went undercover. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, one of the nice things about the movie is the way it tells a story and explains its characters. It's a refreshing change from such no plot, all action movies as Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, we learn a little about Toretto's father and his childhood, and we see Paul and Maya falling in love. Although I think, in theory, you are not supposed to date the sister of a guy you are undercover to investigate. Correct. Yes. Now, I, <laughs> I, I chose, just so you know, Jason and listeners, I chose to put that extended element to Roger Ebert's um, review. I honestly recommend everyone go read his review of this movie. It's very entertaining. It sounds like and, he's already having a little bit of fun there with yeah. just um, just pointing out a few like silly, just silly things. Yeah. and he, silly, he does expand it's... on it. He talks about why why the hell Connor needs to be introduced to it being Elizabeth um, Taylor's house. It's like, does he not know where his headquarters is? Like <laughs> all this stuff. He just points out a few things, but ultimately, yeah. Um, if I guess if we we're summarizing there, the critics actually did really appreciate this, and this movie may have a little bit more depth than, say, the general moviegoer at the time. Yeah. Or the target audience may have appreciated at the time. All right, let's go through a few of the awards. Um, AFI Awards. It was nominated for Best Cinematography. Did not win. For the for the otherwise you would have written win. Correct. Or won, I should say. Yes. Grammatically correct. The Broadcast Music Incorporated Film Music Awards. So that's a thing. Um, BMI Awards. Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah like okay. Um, Brian yeah. Wayne Transu won for his work on the film. Mm-hmm. Stylizes BT. He goes by BT. Oh, does he? Okay. Very yeah. good. Very now I'll put this one in here. <laughs> Taurus Awards. We've never included this. Well, as far as never I never heard of this at all. <laughs> now these are stunt performer awards. So these are one of the prominent ones for those performers. Relevant to this film. I Very say, much like so. Stunts and things. And know. it won five overall. Okay. Are they hard to win these awards? Are they hard? Well, they were up. You know, against you know movies at the same time as like Pearl Harbor. Bloody Rush Hour, Jackie Chan. Sure. Like, oh, so, yeah, like one against Jackie Chan. Yeah, the well, Chan the, Man. The, he, like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> um, Rush Hour would have, or two, I think it's Rush Hour two would have definitely yeah. dominated the fighting. Go, awards. go through the Taurus Awards that it won. Like you've written them down. Go through. Them. Okay, so Why you got not? best driving, um, and that was basically just around the hijacking scenes with multiple drivers listed for that. Won't list all of them, but best overall stunt by stuntman. It was the final crash. You know the one with the that. Toretto's car ramming into a truck. Yeah, yeah. That was that one, that stunt. Sure. It's an amazing stunt. That came out of nowhere too. Oh, anyway, um, the best overall stunt by a, um, by a woman, which is the car under, under the track stunt by Debbie Evans. That was where uh, Letty flips from one side of the car to the other, gets hit by the truck and then flips the car and crashes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All one person, <laughs> all, one, all multiple camera angles, one take. Very, very cool. Um, best stunt coordination overall by Mick Rogers. Um, and best work with a vehicle, and that's around the two motorcycles and the car when they're chasing the, the trans. 
Very cool stuff. Yeah, cool, cool, Just cool wanted stuff. to give that on a big because a key part of this movie is that realistic precision driving that's happening everywhere. That's the that's the it's like the theme and the character in the movie itself. Like you've got all these humans yeah. walking around, but the driving is such a it is. I mean, part. the action in this is still such a is such a big deal. Mm. Even though I mean, whether you've seen the other movies, you've seen the trailers, you see the crazy shit that they're doing now. Yeah. It's like even though. Real. Even though like it's um, still pretty high octane and, and you know mm. crazy, it's like it's real. It's grounded. Yeah. It's like you feel you can feel the danger in what they're doing. Like there's a shot where Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are just driving down a highway, mm. and because Paul Walker's driving like a like a, a loon, like he's going mm. super far. Vin Diesel's sitting there being like, "Oh my god, my wife is in danger." Mm. Like he looks scared. Mm. That makes it real. Yeah, and then they're jumping over buildings, they're robbing banks or whatever with a giant magnet, whatever the hell they're doing. They're going to space. I don't know. Have they reached space for yet? The, for the for the next one, do you mean? I don't know. For man. number nine, okay. well, number nine with a giant magnet, by the way, that is practical, by the way. So because I, I watched nah, the behind the scenes of a of a car being dragged through a building, it looks brilliant. Practical, but to an extent, they're, they're on the ground. But that's but, that's yeah. destruction. That's yeah. not driving. Well, let's talk about the franchise because then we can get into how it gets all yeah. gets all pretty crazy. Couple of movies. Yeah, these films so far nine produced. Yeah, obviously starting with this one, The Fast and the Furious, two thousand one. Yep, we've got Too Fast, Too Furious, two thousand three, and I just want to point out that like I both love and hate. The titles of all these movies and the inconsistency—it's ridiculous. I love it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, which came out in two thousand and six, this was the third movie, although very removed, and then ended up retroactively being placed as the sixth, sixth film movie. in the film in the Correct. series. Yeah, ridiculous. Are you aware of that without seeing them? Like that, yeah, that, that there's well, yeah. a continuity Again, issue. Like, yeah. yeah, I know things. I've been told things. Yeah. I know that Vin Diesel isn't in the second film, and then he has a cameo in Tokyo Drift. Yeah, and then. But he, the lead character in Tokyo Drift is a is a character. He dies in that movie, but he's alive in three of the others. Yeah. So therefore, that happens in the. It's like a prequel to some of the other movies. It's pretty crazy shit. Would you say if you were to watch these movies in order, like I'm gonna do? Yeah. Should I wait to watch number three, or should I yeah, just no, watch wait. them in I'll release wait. order? I would wait. I'd, I wouldn't watch them in release order. Normally, I would always watch them in release order, but I wished that we'd. I'd watched like we'd. I wish that there was a re- they were released chrono- chronologically mm. instead of being kind of retcon back into into yeah. like continuity. I would watch it if you haven't watched them before, and listeners as well. If you haven't watched it, I would say give <laughs> number three a skip until you get um, beyond the sixth. Alright, so Fast and Furious in 2009. This was a soft reboot, change of direction uh, for the series. Basically, they moved away from the street racing, is mm-hmm. that correct? Yep. And then more into the... Um, Heist stuff. The, the heisty... Yeah. Well, was this when we start seeing like the spy government bits and pieces? Oh, kind of, kind kind of, of not started getting, Well, federal agents and stuff have kind of always been around. Yeah. Like, the well, first, uh, in the yeah, first one. That's and true, so yeah. They were there, but this this was where they started. Like This one set like one of the heists, like the opening heists is they're trying to steal a... A um, fuel truck, I think it is. A bit different from DVD players, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but either way, they're still using cars to try to obtain things. Yeah. And then beyond that, it starts to get a little bit crazier, where they do a bank heist, and then it's then it starts turning into like world domination crap. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like basically, a super beings, androids, or some yeah. shit. Um, <laughs> but the so- but the soft reboot. So number three was directed. So Tokyo Drift was directed by um, 
Justin, Justin Lin. Cam- Justin or Cameron Lin. One Justin Lin. Justin Lin. He also re- directed the soft reboot, so he was responsible for it to actually change direction. Right. Um, into this, and then he directed the next couple as well. So he really set the tone for for what it is now. Now you got uh, Fast Five that introduced Dwayne The Rock Johnson into the saga. That was actually one of my faves. That that movie is fantastic. Um, Fast and Furious Six. Uh, that's in 2013 that connects Tokyo Drift to the continuity um, and introduces Jason Statham as a major villain um, now is he Hobbs or Shaw which one is he he is Shaw so yeah so he's his brother dies in one of the earlier movies and then he becomes the next villain to revenge his brother and then after that, um, he becomes a good guy. So don't ask, ask me to explain it. Nothing, nothing makes any <laughs> it's sense. It's all too hard. It's all too hard. Yeah. Uh, Furious 7. Uh, this was the final appearance of Paul Walker before he unfortunately passed away. Um, it was released posthumously following his death in a car accident while this film was being filmed in 2015. I think he died in 2014. Yeah. Difficult stuff. Car accident not related to the movie, by the way. Not related to production. Is that the one where they they used his brother as a stand-in for like his yeah. final shot or and something? And they, they also got Wetter involved to do like motion capture and face, like digital face transfers and stuff. Right, okay. Pretty cool stuff. The Fate of the Furious F8 came out in 2017. Yep. Or, or do they call it Fate? Of most that, of the time they the, fade yeah. and then the next in the list is F9 or Fast 9 which is released this year the year of 2021 um, and this will introduce John Cena into the saga which I believe is meant to be um, Vin Diesel's brother like Dom Toretto's brother but I don't know I haven't seen it So yeah I think that's what the trailer sort of hinted at or I haven't yeah. even seen the trailer. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. I've just seen a few behind the scenes <laughs> I've videos. Seen, I've seen more of F9 than you have then. Yeah. Weird. Probably. Are you going to watch it? Like, eventually. Like, I'll, I'll get, to, get, it. I'll get, get to it. You'll get to But no, I'm not seeing it in theatres at this point in time, because obviously it is, like, But what about Jurassic World? No. No. Does it interest you? Watch it on uh, YouTube. Yeah, so, so what are they doing? They're doing like the they're doing a five minute prelude or yeah, like yeah. the start of the movie or something mm. before Fast Nine in IMAX or whatever. Nah, like it's don't want to get the hype. Get nah. on the hype chain. True, I don't true, even want to. I don't even want to see that online. Like I want to see the first part of the movie when I go see the movie. Like you know, is it the first part or is it apparently? No, yeah, it's the first. It's the first five minutes of the film. Oh no, no! Screw that. If it's that, no, I don't want to. I don't want to see that. If I thought it was no, going to be a like, promo or something like that, no, or just... like a pro, a a uh, prologue that isn't going to be in the film, like something additional. No, no, it's it's the movie. Like it's part of the movie. Anyway, all right. Anyway, there is an untitled tenth film in development. Of course, with there is. Justin Lin returning. Um, all production and stuff for it that has been postponed due to COVID nineteen. I'm sure they'll get back on it very. Soon, and this will be the reason why. So, this is the seventh highest grossing film franchises of all time. It's, they've spent 1.4 billion dollars making these movies, they've made 6.1 billion dollars in worldwide um, box office takings to make with these movies. So, of course, they're going to green light a tenth film, and of course, they're going to green light one million other movies. It's almost like on average, it's almost like maybe like. 700 to 800 million per movie on average. I think if, it I think it spiked with F7 when yeah, Paul Walker passed. And they started cranking those yeah. billion dollar. I think that was when I started noticing like hang on, this is a franchise that is like 
doing because you know like when mm. you get to like the fifth sixth movie of a franchise you're like oh they're still doing these oh yeah. man they, they must be diminishing returns it Friends. was when it was like, hey, yeah, this movie came out and it's like a billion dollars at the box office. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. No, people are liking this. What is this? It's just good fun. However, I think the uh, given the current situation with COVID, though, so Fast 9, F9's been re- released, but it's at currently 207 mil, yeah. something like that. Yeah. It was never going to get those numbers, but it should still be, should still get oh, it'll make pretty... It'll make money. Um, spin-off films. So it's not only the... Uh, the nine films, or ten in the future, um, in the saga, there's also spin-off films. So, Fast and Furious presents, colon, Hobbs and Shaw, the movie that you've seen. That was released in 2019. <laughs> I watched that on Aeroplane. I enjoyed it. It's a nothing movie for me. But it's, <laughs> it's a nothing it's movie. <laughs> that made lots of millions of dollars as well. Did you like it? I, I enjoyed it for being dumb fun. Like, yeah. And that's, that's it. That's why I think watching that, I was like, okay, even if these movies become really stupid, whatever, let's just... Let's just enjoy them, and yeah. obviously, people are having fun. I want to have fun too. Yeah. I want to have fun. Let me have fun. Yeah, gotcha. Um, there will be an untitled female-led spin-off. Um, uh, it's currently in development. No, any extra details on that. And Hobbs and Shaw will get a sequel as well. It's in development as well. It doesn't have a title. I would say it's going to be Two Hobbs, Two Shaw, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why, why not? The Bring hell it on. not. Um, there were some short films. The turbocharged prelude for Too Fast, Too Furious in 2003 follows O'Connor's movements following the first film invading law enforcement and ending up in Miami. Have not seen it. I have, however, seen this one. So there's another short uh, film, Los Bandoleros. Forgive my pronunciation of that. It's released in 20, uh, 2009. And that's Toretto. Uh, he's living as a wanted fugitive in the Dominican Republic where he's got his own crew and stuff. And he eventually reunites with Letty and other associates to plan a hijacking of a gas- gasoline shipment, which is what I was talking about before. To And that basically connects a few dots and relaunches and reboot, uh, re kind of soft reboots. This is kind of like where, where we leave off with him in this movie, right? Like that's. Is that. No, where he flees. And then you don't hear from him again for a yeah, while. Yeah, right, until... Like, until, the, until the next movie. Yeah. Okay. Now, that short film was directed by um, Vin Diesel. Now, there is a television series. It's a um, CG animated series on Netflix, which is produced by DreamWorks Animation, and it, it centres around Tony Toretto, which is, is the cousin of Dominic, um, and is voiced by Tyler Posey from Team Wolf. Um, Vin Diesel appears, so um, and it is within canon and continuity, so... Yeah. Again, if we we're drawing those parallels to you know Jurassic World and I guess the trajectory of that series, um, you know they've also got their DreamWorks you know, produced Camp Cretaceous. Yeah. So it's like Universal and DreamWorks coming together, making these animated shows. Still haven't seen their... season two or three yet. Not Camp Cretaceous. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I heard there's a really good um, throwback to uh, Fallen Kingdom. Season three in is season interesting. Three. That's all I'll say because who knows if we'll talk about it in future. But uh, season three is uh, hmm. there's some good stuff there. All right, video no. games. Yep. Um, the Fast and Furious 2004 mobile phone and arcade game was inspired by the first film, so number one and two. Yeah. Uh, mobile games have been released in line with most of the films, just yep. so you know. Pretty much most of them have got something. Now. There were a few console things um, released. Fast and the Fast and Furious was released in 2006 on PS2. That was inspired by Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious 
we understand how confusing the names are. Just bear with us. <laughs> Fast and Furious colon, Showdown in 2013 was released on PC and 7th Gen consoles like your Xbox 360, PS3 and all that. And that joined the uh, narrative links between uh, episode, uh, episodes. Far out. It is a saga though. Um, films 2, um, 5 and 6. Um, there was a DLC on uh, Forza Horizon 2. So basically, it's popped up in so many different uh, uh, games as um, either standalone titles or DLCs. Interestingly, though, most of them haven't been part of the continuity or featured any of the real... Like, they've only been loosely based and they're not really in there. Um, Fast and Furious colon Crossroads, which uh, was released in 2020, that came out on PS4 and Xbox One, that was what the first one to feature Vin Diesel, like other cast members, so Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez... And Tyrese Gibson, and they did mocap and voice. Um, however, the plot within that game doesn't really hold any kind of real connection to the the movie franchise either. But it did have the characters, which is the first time that's happened really. Um, and then there's you know if you've ever played any racing games um, on PC or, or consoles, you know your your Need for Speed and your Midnight Club. Most of the, like when you play those games you can kind of feel the vibe from this movie in, in there like, <laughs> like especially it, Need for Speed especially like it feels speed. like you're in a car and you're driving it fast nah but the way you can customise your car and you pimp it out with all this stuff <laughs> and, sure yeah so it's from a gaming point of view yeah it's been quite a pr- um, consistent and prominent like you know yeah. element in that kind of industry as well alright let's talk uh, the cultural impact uh, yeah it's main overall legacy to the people um, it brought the street racing scene to the public eye yep. which is a bit of a given obviously very popular people are like alright let's let's do street racing which probably isn't what the uh, the movie really wants to do let's spend all our <laughs> money on imported cars yeah it, it did it inspired a huge wave of car customization, whether yeah. in video games or in the real world if you had the money to do so yep. was Pimp My Ride you know that show with what is it? Um, it would have been around the same time. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, I know you're talking about. But was that before or after? I think or it would around have been around the same around time. The same time. Ah. But um, keeping it close to home, it also inspired a huge wave mm-hmm. of amateur street racing and antisocial driving behaviour. The bloody yeah. hoons. So in Australia, from 2004 onwards, legislation began being uh, being introduced to tackle antisocial driving mm. and increased street racing culture with hoon laws, yeah. uh, with the film being occasionally noted as a contributing cause to the growing popularity of street racing and the need for more policing. Yeah, how's that? So even... All the way over here, down under in Australia, this movie had a, a cultural and um, uh, yeah, cultural and popular yeah, impact of the community and how we acted. It's very, Sounds very like sad. Made... They had to they had to, had to pass laws because of this movie. Sounds like they they made a whole bunch of assholes. Basically, I think they empowered <laughs> um, a whole bunch of assholes. By the way, Pimp My Ride came out in two thousand and four. Oh, very so good, very good. I guess kind of riding the wave. All right, well, let's talk the movie. Um, the idea, we said at the top a little bit, the idea came from Rob Cohen when he read as a 1998 article in Vibe magazine called Racer X. And it told about, at that time, the illegal street racing throughout New York City. But also, there was a scene in um, LA, and Rob Cohen was known to actually kind of sneak out at night and watch these races and that this kind of the scene. I don't think it was anything as anywhere near as complex as what we see in these movies. But... Um, it, it did exist at the time and it really inspired Rob Cohen to pursue it. Um, basically, for, for 
realism's sake, um, so anybody who was going to be involved in the cars, whether they were on the camera or off, and the cinematographers, everybody who was going to be capturing the cars, they all had to have an appreciation for them. That's, that was the, that was the director, direction from the studio and from Rob Cohen. And so they all went on training on how to drive the cars and uh, do you know extreme and precision driving with these style of vehicles. Although most of it was done with st- um, uh, stunt drivers, there were a couple of times where Paul Walker and um, Vin Diesel are definitely behind the driver's seat, you know, in those moments when they're driving those actual vehicles. Very cool. Apparently, um, some cast members we'll talk about later didn't have driver's licenses, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, filming locations, there is basically in LA and South California. Uh, Echo Park, so some of these places might be known to people who are listening, so let's stuff a couple. Echo Park, that's where um, Toretto's home is in the surrounding suburbs. And a little little tidbit there is that filmmakers asked um, owners in the area to paint their houses a bit duller, um, change the colour of their houses so the, the bright cars, the bright coloured cars would pop a little bit more. You imagine that. Someone oh, just knocks on your door and says, hey, we're making a movie. Can you paint days, your, your house grey for just, a second? They're just CGI though these days. Yeah. They're just like palette just changes. Just change the tones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Little Saigon is where uh, Trans headquarters is. Um, that's where he destroys O'Connor's car. Um, kind of a a a, uh, a well known location apparently. And San, and the San Bernardino International Airport is where the Race Wars is hosted. That huge giant set piece. And the interesting thing about this is that uh, they invited local amateur um, import car import enthusiasts. To participate as extras, and so they That's got fifteen hundred cool. yeah. bloody cars appear out of nowhere. And that was so, staged as a um, was it like an abandoned military base or something in the movie? I mean, yeah, yeah. But it was um, yeah, it's an operational airport. I think they filmed a few things there. And then uh, Domenigoni Parkway, which is a well-known um, like an interstate route or something, apparently in um, between LA and San Francisco or something. So that's where they filmed that whole last heist. And uh, I don't have it in the notes here, but they um. They chose to film that one during the day specifically um, to to highlight the stunts that were happening. Yeah, um, no, good to really to really showcase what the complexity of what they were filming. That probably and it's a good contrast too because the other two like you know the race mm. wars and then like just the the, mm. the street race the first street race that we see both at night time. Yeah. So I mean it's a good contrast. Otherwise it's just like ah oh, these guys are just always at night. I don't know. So it's yeah, yeah. good good. Um, it's interesting though that they yeah why would you pull a heist off during the day? You know what I mean? Like you chose. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a heist of an opportunity, I guess. But yeah. Oh, I mean, it's it, and it, like there isn't really nowhere anyway. It doesn't yeah. really matter. That truck driver, he he, <laughs> he gets him. Um, just interestingly, before this movie was made, the kind of um, footage and the kind of like cinematography and camera work that was needed would generally be obtained by towing the target car. So when you're filming someone in a car or they're doing maneuvers and all of that that car would be in front of another car and the car would be towing them. Mm. So you could kind of get that smooth streamlined action. This was the first time... Um, this, so as a stunt coordinator, um, Mick, um, he was the one who won the award. He cr- invented a new rig where you actually mount a vehicle basically on a flatbed behind a van, but it's at ground level, so the car's not too high. Um, and you get far more control and you can do far more with the camera web. All right. So it's a, just an innovation in, in this kind of genre. Most driving sequences, um, all the crashes and all the stunts, they're all shot in camera, in pra- um, all practical effects, and that's why there's so many bloody stunt awards in this movie. So 
So yeah. I mean, they did look pretty decent, and I guess yeah, very practical, very well, uh, yeah, well pulled off. Yeah. So there, yeah, there's some production notes. I've got a note here about sound effects as well, but just there was fifteen thousand individual sound effects in just the first street race. Oh wow! <laughs> Which is, um, I, was like, I was waiting for you to play like in so, the whole movie. I was like, oh, just right. in, so that's just abs- obscenely complex. So imagine just that having that soundboard or being in charge of that soundboard and being like, I'm gonna. I put that sound in. <laughs> it's a lot of just all these engines and revs and clicks and clangs and car things. That that first street race as well though, that's where you got you go inside the motors and all that stuff. And that's like a ten. It's meant to be a ten seconds is what they they do the quarter mile runs in. Oh right, yeah. Or like a ten second car that kind of thing. But that that whole sequence is like two minutes because they. They're just chopping between all the different perspectives. Oh, fair enough. Like yeah. Nah, they've got to slow it down to, to show us. Yeah. It's just like a race. It's just boom, in a flash, done. Yeah. But, like, but yeah, when you get out to race wars, they're, they're done in 10 seconds or, or 20 seconds. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, Brian Wayne Transau, as you said earlier, stylized mm. as BT. Um, he did the. He was in charge of the film score. Um, yeah. So, yeah, mixing electronica and hip-hop and industrial influences creating um, an overall tone that I think works. Yeah. It, it kind of like, yeah, you get like, there's an urban sort of vibe to it, but there's also enough to keep the action sort of mm. flowing, pumping, um, and it's enough high octane that's not completely crazy, but it's, you know, we're watching a film with yeah. cars as fast. It's all that. Mm. Um, I think a, a more of a, a heavy body to the to the music and sound is, yeah. is the soundtrack itself yeah um, there were actually two soundtracks released for the film it's the first time I've heard of that by the way of what two soundtracks that is well yeah okay well with different with songs right with like, different so with, different yeah. genres and different that is weird yeah. that it is but yeah. the first one features mostly hip hop and rap music so this soundtrack reached number 7 on the Billboard uh, 200 Ja Rule also um, who also yeah. cameos in the film yeah. Um, as a competing street race uh, racer, Edwin contributed to multiple tracks with his song "Furious" playing through the credits. Yep. Um, the second soundtrack, titled "More Fast and Furious," <laughs> features. Well, they, they need somebody to get onto their name. <laughs> anyway, features. Like, look, why not just the Fast <laughs> and Furious? The mm. second sound. Okay, I guess that would have been kind of stupid. Um, features alternative metal, post grunge, and new metal songs as well yeah. as select tracks from BT's score. Yeah. So the album was criticised by listeners for its use of copy protection software which rendered it unplayable not only with computers with CD-ROMs but also on regular CD players and other CD-based devices. Yes. Bit of fun fact there. But anyway, in terms of the music in the um, in the movie, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of interesting that they've done these two soundtracks because you do get a bit of a blend of these types of yeah. music. You've got kind the of... two kind of genres and... Um, yeah, you got, is, is genre the white referring? I would say to so. You do have you've got yeah that that hip hop um, and rap element is is just flavored throughout the whole bloody movie. Yeah. But then most of the time, and the score, like as you were saying, it's electronica. It's all like EDM, heavy beat music and stuff like when that. When you get to like the racing and like working in the garage with Toretto and stuff, mm. it's yeah, it is a bit more like. Um, it's almost like different camps. Like it's like there's their music and then there's you know. Mm-hmm. There's the hustling and bustling of when they're at the street yeah. racing and and stuff. It's... I I I would exp- I would um, describe the score um, and the soundtrack as it's um because because it kind of works, but it's it, it's situational within the movie and so it's up and down and all over the shop and all over the genre. Like 
it's it's inconsistent but consistent in its inconsistency as in it's one one moment you're listening yeah. to some EDM and it's because you know you're arriving at this big street race where everyone's got their radios turned up or whatever and it's like doof 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 and then you flip to a rap song because yeah it's almost they're, they're like transitioning to a scene where they're going to a party or it's something almost like, like in world music yeah. like what you're hearing is what the characters yeah. are hearing and what they're exposed to and yeah. like whoever's cranked up the loudest I mm. guess like it's almost like there's a realistic approach to the music that we're hearing yeah um, that's a good one it's not it's not like uh, they're choosing the music for you know like as a character for the mm. film it's it's just the music that's within the world and what's what's happening yeah. and it works and it's creating a vibe and you're getting different sort of it does create different tones in terms of who we're with what characters we're with and what they're experiencing so yeah. it all sort of really works I, t- I, wrote, that, I wrote in my notes as I was watching it I was like I feel like I'm in a club on drugs or something like that because it's just, it's just full on yeah it's, it's just chaos it's crazy um, but yeah I think the, the soundtrack does work in unison with the, with the score you know like yeah. just when you know there isn't an actual song to hear but mm. you know, we've got music it's all it's all working and and it's a few little gentle I feel like it's carrying well, yeah so. and it's carrying probably not enough but there's <laughs> it's carrying enough of um, what you need to feel yeah. no, like like you're right there are like you know when they're having like the little barbecue and yeah. you know it's you start to be like oh man like these are these are real characters with like mm. feelings and like you know yeah. relationships and family there it is yeah. hashtag family um, absolutely the music allows us to feel that and um, you know I'm not expecting to get that element going forward with these other movies just because what I've been prepared with but yeah. um, who knows maybe maybe this does carry on and I'm completely wrong but no no yep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought as much talk about it, putting the, the bits and pieces together in the movie let's talk about the actual characters Dominic Toretto which I've on the notes I've spelled his name wrong incorrectly there I apologise. But that's played by Vin Diesel. <laughs> Who are you apologising to? Me? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're probably going to find so many errors in here. Um, anyway, Vin Diesel um, plays Dominic Toretto. He's our lead. Um, little comment here from... Who was it? A dude named Reese Peddleton from the Chicago Reader. Diesel carries the movie with his unsettling mix of zen-like tranquility and barely controlled rage. And I cannot see a better way of explaining it. I mean, that's quite a lot he's of praise. It's quite a lot. No, but he's just... I genuinely... I just... I really like Vin Diesel's portrayal of this character. My, and, and my I, interpretation of that is, like, okay, so... Yeah, I guess I'm trying to match it to what I saw of Vin Diesel. It's like, mm. okay, so it almost looks like he really doesn't give a shit. Like, the character doesn't really give a shit about anything. But then he does. That's that's like... I see what you're saying. I look, yeah. I look at it along the lines of he's... Like, he's a little bit damaged... He's, and that's he's, why he's damaged he's and he's got a temper and so he's kind of always under the surface just boiling on that temper and then it's and when that moment happens happens when he finds out that O'Connor's a cop and you just see him react to that and you're like what's he going to do what's he going to do yeah, yeah what's like he going to do is he, gonna, of... is he going to attack him or is he going to yeah. take that easy for a second and take a step back and I think it is because it's like because there is that de- like betrayal mm. it's like they're the type of character that um, Toretto seems to be is like you know like mm. he's very much you know like loyalty and those kind yeah. of values the thing you know with family and friendship yeah. even when his friends letting him down or stabbing him in the back or whatever yeah. he will forgive them if he knows that they're 
their worth forgiven and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that obviously comes to shine when, you know, Paul Walker's character eventually does reveal that he is a cop. You know, mm. it's a huge betrayal and, you know, Toretto's led him into his family, into his circle. Yeah. They've shared a meal. They've shared many Coronas. Yeah. Um, you know, like, they, they've done stuff together. But yeah. I think even, like, after all that, it's like, it, it's it's not an easy thing for him to be like, no, we're cool. So I think by the end of the movie, like, you kind of understand why because it's just in his nature to do that because yeah. he knows that like, I will forgive someone if, if they're yeah. worth forgiven. Um but yeah, like he's he's damaged. He's got all this past stuff going on. You know, like there's a backstory with his with his dad, and um, he went to jail because he belted the shit out of a guy that made yeah. his dad crash. And, and that probably plays into you know like that reserved rage that you know you're talking about there. Yeah, he's um he probably doesn't want to re well they touch on that it. or redo that. They touch on it later, like in the in the later movies. So he yeah he he, he goes to jail because he hits some dude with a with a plumbing wrench. The guy who was a fellow racer with his dad, his dad crashes. It's like that horrific story, which is it's quite terrible. But in later in the movies, he almost does the same thing to The Rock, um, Dwayne Johnson's character later on, where he picks up a buddy wrench and he's about to let him know, but he has to restrain himself from doing it. So the con- continuity is there throughout the, the series, I guess. But for this movie... So his character's consistent. The, yeah. But for, but for this movie, he's... I mean, I, I agree with the statement that he's kind of got that barely controlled rage. He always seems to be on the surface of snapping, but he, he just doesn't. Now, here's a little little factoid I put in here. Apparently, he is uh, meant to be 24. They're all meant to be around about 24 years sure. old. No I mean, way. I mean, I dude looks 40. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, okay, sure. Like, all right, yeah. I mean, he's he's not twenty four. Big dude. He's not twenty four. <laughs> Apparently, Vince is meant to be twenty four too. We'll talk about Vince in a bit. I just don't see it. Anyway, um, some trivia with uh, with Dom. So it was originally going to be Timi- Timothy Oliphant, but he said no because he had a bad time working on Gone in sixty seconds. Bet he regrets that. I bet. Um, and also, Vin Diesel needed to be encouraged to take the role, and he got he got he basically was persuaded after he was able to make a few script changes. I bet you he's happy he did that. Yeah. Well, what happened? Like, I mean, obviously he didn't come back for the the second film. What was he saying? Like, maybe he just didn't no think one, it was going to get legs or something. Yeah. Like, but did number he really, three, he produced. Everyone failed to convince him to, to come back. I don't, know. Don't, know. Like, I don't know the story of it, but I know number three he appears as a, in a cameo, like a credit scene right, and he produced that and one, he produced he? the whole film so he was very much involved so but he, with a producer credit though sometimes that means nothing okay I don't it know. was po- it's possible and again I have no idea I'm just speculating out my butt mm. maybe to get that cameo out of him maybe they were like hey come back for a cameo we need you to show up we'll give you a producer credit yeah. and he was probably like sure yeah and I'll- that could be the way I would honestly say though Vin Diesel is this series he Definitely, definitely is this series I mean, because when you had when you did not have him those two movies they were then definitely not this movie at all they're very yeah. di- they're different they're not no, as good quality but they they just don't have the same vibe and even though Paul Walker is in one of them didn't, it still didn't matter that movie I, was... I gotta tell you like I looked into the second movie after this one mm. just to sort of you know, gaze oh, what mm. I'm looking forward to and I was actually I was shocked to see like Vin Diesel's not in this movie. Like what? Yeah. Like, he, from this movie, he seems like one half of the mm. franchise. Like, what yeah. is going on? And beyond this, you and know, and I know, like, obviously, we introduced 
we get introduced to new characters and yeah. more come on board. But it's like, okay, cool, that's perfectly fine. But it's like, mm-hmm. like it's Vin Diesel. He's one half of this franchise yeah. from this movie anyway. And, but at and, least he and, does and it does happen that further down the road. And apparently, number nine that comes out soon, um, or is already out probably, um, has got the characters from Tokyo Drift in it as well. So it brings it even more in, like, and that gap of him not being there is a little less, you know. Oh, right. So, um, all right, let's talk about uh, Brian O'Connor or Brian uh, Spill Spill Spillin Spillin, which is his name. I'm just gonna call him Paul Walker if that's called. Paul Paul Walker. <laughs> um, Spillin was his uh, alias, wasn't it? His undercover name. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so he's an ambitious police officer and he's trying to be a detective, but as Roger Ebert said uh, that we discussed, he is pretty much the worst undercover officer in the world. Because he immediately falls in love with his target's sister, mm. um, and he is too invested in street racing as a passion of his. Do you know what got me with him? Right? To be professionally like, separate from it, he's trying to infiltrate this. Um, you know, basically this. Let's call them a gang. Like yeah. you know, these very passionate. People I think they're labelled the, the team. Yeah, the team. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to infiltrate these people, and you know, they're quite cool. They've got. You know, even though they're like they're mm. like engine nerds, like you know, take it either way. Either way, they're pretty cool. They're pretty badass. Mm. So he goes to the sister of this guy he's targeting, goes to her little cafe thing, asks for a tuna sandwich, asks her to cut his crust off. Yep, like a child. I don't know. Is that the best tactic? Is that the best way to get in with these, with these cool guys? Well, no, because he also <laughs> works at the he works at the part shop that they would definitely frequent because it's a high end. Sure. Sure. and they're on board with they're on board with the scheme so it would make sense that they, he would just try innocently to get in without knowing who Dom is right so still asking for his crust I don't know just a I flaw in his character I thought it was I, well I thought it definitely is a flaw too I didn't like it but I thought I saw how it works because it's it's completely off so, like if you're undercover you don't go well you wouldn't be mm. trying to get in with Dom you'd be trying to be in the area and get Dom and so when Paul Walker, when um, Brian O'Connor, uh, when he rescues Dom, not only you, you said earlier where you know they're in the car together and they're you know driving and Dom's like holy shit what's going on yeah, but you're also seeing Dom's first in like realization that he's a good driver and he might very well be an asset to their team because right. they're all good drivers. And but I guess when he's shit scared, then he doesn't know if he's a yeah, good driver yeah. or not. He's like yeah. no, but it, but it's just that yeah. element of the way that they bring. Um, Paul into Dom's life it is you know it is undercover it's it's in a way that wouldn't be suspicious it's only he only gets suspicion around him when he starts you know when he breaks into the building yeah. and gets caught or when he's answering the phone with Mia and stuff like that um, so this so this whole plot with this undercover cop infiltrating mm. this I guess yeah this uh, subculture yeah um, and trying to trying to uh, you know solve this case about some sort of Criminal activity. Yeah, I mean, this is the part where the Fast and the Furious is essentially the remake of, or a remake, another remake of uh, Point Break. You know, character in some undercover places. Yeah, going in instead of extreme sports, surfing, all that yeah. kind of crazy stuff. It's street racing. Yeah, it's right there. It's there, and I could, while I was watching this movie, I couldn't help but think like, oh yeah, wow, it really, it really is. Point Break, Point Break, and then something yeah. goes wrong with the heist. I mean, yeah, and it's then, like it's, and then really they is. let, and then he lets the person go. At the end, like it's it's pretty much beat for beat. Um, Brian, like Paul Walker's portrayal, I really don't like how he pretends to be all gangster and stuff. 
He's he just the way he talks. It doesn't sound genuine. It sounds like he sticks out. Well, I mean, my... and I don't know if that's meant to be intentional or if he just wasn't yeah, very yeah. good at being like streetwise. Well, my first like, and I'm probably people would hate as me I was for watching that. this movie and I had to think about it for a bit and I was like, I was like, is Paul Walker a pretty average actor? Because I was like. He's not delivering lines like a human being would deliver mm. lines. And then I was thinking, well, he's undercover. He is performing. Is it like he's perf- like Paul Walker is performing as a person who's acting? Like is that what's happening? And therefore, it's coming across. I'd like, like to that? think it's. I like it to think it's the latter, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I will say there's a couple of really good moments in there when he, um, for example, when he's calling the uh, the ambulance or the, the chopper to come and pick up Vince. And he knows that he's about to break his cover right there as he's doing it. Before he's doing it, he's like, before he even starts dialing, he starts looking at Dom. And yeah. He's like, and he knows exactly what's happening. And you can see it in his face. Going, like, I'm about to do something stupid. Again, in that scene, yeah. he's no longer acting because yeah. he's like, now I can just be me yeah. as in the character. Like, I can just be me. So, yeah. so, I don't know. Maybe he is just acting a little bit wooden because he's mm. undercover and it's meant to come across as a little bit hokey. But I don't Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, R.I.P. Paul Walker anyway, because he passed away. Look, at least, um, and... to just to put a, you know, a final note on that, it's like, he did die doing something he really loved, because he was a, car a very car enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, very much so. So, gentlemen, obviously that's how he died. Mm. Uh, car accident, doing a, doing a bit of fun stuff. Yep. Well, um, yeah. Let's talk about, let's keep getting through them. Letty. We'll talk about Letty. Letty Ortiz. Ortiz? Something like that. Um... Michelle Rodriguez, she's Dom's partner. Um, she's super loyal, super passionate. What I really, really like about her is she's just super tough. Like, you just don't mess with her. Nobody messes with her. Not anybody. There's not a single person in <laughs> this movie. Ain't nobody going to mess Even with Dom can't, like, can't really, can't really... He's not really standing up to her. He's like... She's her, his equal. I yeah. Think. Like, I think there's a moment where he's quite stern with her, but then moments later it's like... He's he's all about looking yeah. after her and pretend, but not that she needs it, but but no, but she's also fine. stern with him sometimes. Like they're in the house, he's like, she's like, come on, Someone go upstairs. I need a massage. Come on, no. yeah, <laughs> you look tired. I need a massage. Let's go. Come on now, yeah. now, and then break breaking them up. Like they're on a, they've got a really good dynamic. A little um, cool little production note I found some time ago. I don't know, um, it's not written here, but the um, she was originally written to be to cheat on Don. And oh, she okay. she actually fought Michelle Rodriguez fought against that and said no look we don't need that we, we don't need that that's not the relationship she's loyal she's written as loyal why would why would she do that to him um, and then on top of that she said look I'm representing you know a huge host of the population like you know Spanish Americans like don't make don't, me we, a don't, don't make me a, yeah don't yeah. make me a, a, a villain in this um, and so they were rewritten um, I guess I, like what like with the character I mean completely fine like I liked. Mm. I liked her character. Yeah, mm. I can't say there was much to her though. It wasn't like she mm. had a, a, a large story arc or anything like that, or anything close no. to that. She kind of was there. What she was doing, what we could see, was was good, you know, yeah. strong, uh, firm character, doing you know, getting it done, uh, participating yeah. where she needed to. But like she, yeah, she didn't have a bigger part to play. So I'm, I'm assuming there's more to her later on. Yeah. Um, and I guess and there, and there is and, and she she definitely features yeah. you know okay one thing right here um, so she didn't neither, neither um, Michelle Rodriguez or um, Jordana Brewster had a driver's license and so they had to learn from scratch they didn't even have permits <laughs> and they had to go through that whole advanced driving thing and, and 
figure it out. That's funny. Um, but and, and a few years later, when she was in production of uh, when she was on Lost, didn't she? Wasn't she done in for like DUI or something? So yeah, something like that. Maybe she never shouldn't have got that license. Yeah, maybe. So, <laughs> either way, a bit of a sorry, a bit of a mm. bit of a <laughs> little attack there for it. <laughs> She's got so many like, like off-screen issues, apparently. Like, just always in and out of, like, legal problems. Mm. We won't get into it, won't we? No, no, no. <laughs> um, let's go to... Uh, so, I, we've just we've just mentioned that Jordana Bru- um, Brewster plays Mia Toretto. That's Dom's sister um, and O'Connor's love interest. Uh, I, I I really like her. I thought she was... Um, you know, she's full of... She was full of attitude and stood up for herself when she needed to, like, particularly against mm. Vince. But, like, just super... Just caring, just conveyed to me like just a caring person she's seeing I think if you to look at all the characters of you know like Dom's crew team whatever mm-hmm. family I think she'd be like the heart of it she's probably like giving off the most of like hey I'm a super duper decent person mm-hmm. uh, where everyone else you know whether they have that like that tough streak to it she doesn't really have that she mm-hmm. not not to say that she couldn't hold her own I'm sure she could um I am but yeah, I think because she is posed as the the love interest, the yeah. sister, you know, these are all sort of vulnerable kind yeah. of um, character positions that she'd be in. Yeah. Um, but I do like the fact, you know, when we get to that party, you know, when and when Dom rocks up and everyone's like, yeah, you know, he rocks up with uh, Paul Walker, you know, um, she's not even she's not interested in the party. She legit yeah. is in her room. Just hanging out. She's probably about to go to bed. She's not wearing any clothes. She, she, like, that's the thing. She is, yeah, she's in her PJs and she sees she's not interested. Connor rock up and she's like, fuck. He's like, oh, I'm going down. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, going, I'm going down. Talk to this guy my, and make him a tuna sandwich and I'm going to cut his crust off because he needs that kind of that, love and care. That's what that's what, that's what I'm going to do. I like the way that in that moment as well, like throughout that party. And um, so you got Vince, who we'll talk about probably next or something, but he's keen on her and. She, she's just like basically he's being a dick and so she walks up and goes what's that place you wanted to take me on that date yeah and he says it and he's hell excited and he's, she turns around to O'Connor and goes can you take me there and it's just like yeah stick but it she, to him he's being a dick nah, stick that, it to that's that but she has that doesn't she have that code where she's like well she says she's like, I don't date my, my brother's friends yeah kind of thing and then well she does yeah and she of. does anyway she marries mm-hmm. him actually but anyway um uh a little bit of trivia there. Any of these we want to say? Oh, it was meant to be Eliza Dushku. That would have been interesting. Okay, sure. And there was also <laughs> a uh, second ending film where um, Brian rocks up at the Toretto house and he's packing and basically says, take me back. I've resigned from the LAPD. Oh, right. And she's like, it's not that easy. I'm assuming didn't make it isn't canon. It's on... No, it's not. It's, okay. it's, it's in the DVDs, an extra. So it's changed things in the second movie, I'm guessing. Uh, second, no, no, he's not. He's not a cop in the second. Oh, but well, he's, um, but he's he's back an agent later when he oh, comes okay. back. So, um, some of these other supporting ones. We'll quickly talk to, talk about Vince. So he's the muscle of the team. He's the one that we just said tries. He really is keen on um, Mia, even though she's not really keen on him. But he's like super temperamental, and pretty much the worst man in. Like stereotypical man in history, like he's just he just yeah, wants to was, fight people. It was All early two thousands, you know. It, yeah, a... no, but it's just like I think it's I think it's done intentionally. They just make him so toxic. Like he's like he's done. He's not even with Bloody Mia, but he's got some weird ownership over. It's weird, and he can't yeah. handle the fact that someone's talking to him he, he, to the point that he has to fight them in a car park for ordering tuna sandwiches. It's like. 
Yeah, it's almost like immediately like unlikable character. Yeah. But then you know, like I said, like with with Dom, like how he's positioned and mm. his approach to them because we're on board with Dom. Yeah. When he tells Vince to just come in, sit down, yeah. have a hot dog or whatever the hell they're eating. Um, chicken, I think. It is. Chicken, sure. Yeah. It's like, all right, there's more to Vince, and it makes us think there's more to him. Let's yeah. not just assume he's a meathead dickhead. He's got something else. There's an extra to contribute here. There must be some good qualities for Dom to keep him on board. Well, and Dom's been, a very. And they, they they say in the movie that Dom and him have been friends f- since they were children as yeah. well. So there's got to be there's a relationship there. Yeah, yeah. again, I think because we 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 were on board with Dom's character and his assessment of people, if he says that they're okay, they must be alright. Yeah, like which is very unique way to portray some characters but I don't know that worked for me I was like now nah, I'm on board with everything you say and Vin Diesel I'm yeah. going with you <laughs> nice one um, what else can I tell you about Matt um, oh so him and Paul Walker they apparently spent hours chore- choreographing their fight okay and like you know the, the, yeah. the punch up and then they basically just ad-libbed the whole thing when they've actually f- filmed it so they wasted all their time doing all these like yeah, all this choreography for, for this weird, brutal punch-up out the front of the, the restaurant or whatever it is. Okay. Um, let's talk Jesse quickly. Chad Lindbergh? Yeah. He was all right. He was all right. So he's... He was cool. He's probably like, if there was a comic relief character, that would be him. Not to say he's delivering comical things and stuff, but he's I guess quirky, he's, he's a bit more quirky, he's a bit more frazzled. Yeah. He doesn't really look like someone who would be hanging out with Vin Diesel. He's a no. small, skinny guy. It's Bit nerdy, bit nerdy. He diagnosed ADD. Says, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you know, there's a bit yeah. more to his character that's sort of going on. Mm. Um, there's the whole he's got the little subplot with his dad's car, the fact that he loses it, um, and he basically like bails because he just needs to he get can't deal with it out of there. Which kind of is his death sentence because then Tran comes to kill him. Um, I really like how he's like yeah, I, Dom calls him the mad scientist and has got all of that faith in his ability. Because and you can tell that the rest of the world really doesn't have that faith in him because he's so skittish and kind yeah. of on edge and is a bit yeah, but yeah he's like off hinge, but every, the team know where his his strengths are, and they just let him do it, and it's like and complete faith like and he's the one he's the one that gets shot doesn't he? So he gets shot by Tran mm. um, out the front of the Toretto house yeah yeah I think his his character's positioned for that like for that role to be shot because I think. Because of what we've seen of the character, we kind of sympathise mm. with him a bit. So when he is shot, we're like, oh, like, we need to take care of that guy. Like, oh, yeah. how dare they? Like, now we need revenge. Yeah, and that's what, so yeah. It works Otherwise, well. it would just be literal murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, the climax of the movie would be literal murder, but it's not. It's um, a revenge thing that happens to, to poor Jesse. Jesse is my favourite character in the movie. All right. I you. like him. I, mean, I like Ch- um, Chad Lindbergh's portrayal of him. And our last little character in the team uh, was Leon. Played by Johnny Strong, he's the comms dude. He's, he's, the, he's the, the guy on the radio, basically. He's a, he's a. I've written here. Can you see what I've written there? He's a good filler character. I, I, yeah, at a certain point, a, they just needed the team to be larger than four people. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. just just to diversify it up a little bit. He's a weird looking dude with a goatee. He's fine. He does what he needs to do. He doesn't appear in any of the other movies. He's oh, just, really? Okay, so... You see a photo of him, I think, once. Okay. That's it. Vince comes back, like, in a, in a lead role in one of the movies. Doesn't he uh, maybe not have a very good ending? 
I know things. It's weird. I know. I know he, some stuff. Yeah, he does not. He does not make it through. Yeah, but um, tell me which movie. Obviously, is he, does, he only appear, movie does he only appear in one movie though? One other movie. Yeah, he's mentioned. Oh, I guess it's that one. He's mentioned, but he's not. He only oh, okay. in one. So the one, I, the one I see him in, I'll be like, I know what happens to you. I don't know how it happened. I just know he doesn't. It's actually really. Um, that's a that's a good. It, he has a good storyline. He definitely uh-huh. does. So here, here I don't like him, but in the other movie, he's actually pretty good. So does it sort of like? It's weird that we're talking about Vince again because. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, Johnny. Leon. <laughs> but um, with, but with Vince, obviously, going forward, when we see him again, is it sort of piggyback off? You know, of him obviously being a bit of a dick in this one. Does he sort of come good? Oh, I know. No, it's a different dynamic because he he's done what Dom's done. He's like in the future, resettled somewhere else and, oh, okay. and starts his own little thing. Sure. And then kind of gets brought back in, and you're not sure if you can trust him, him, him or not. Like he's on the other side of it. He's more. Is he, like, betraying them or not, and all of that? No, it already sounds too complicated. No, no, it's just a different story. Don't forget, it's like four movies in the the future. Anyway, last but not least, Johnny Tran, played by Rick Yoon. Um, He's also got a a cousin as well who plays a minor role as well. Um, That Reggie Lee dude plays Lance, who wears a snakeskin pants. Lance, who wears (laughs) a snakeskin pants, who Michelle Rodriguez smashes in the face. (laughs) <laughs> really, really good. But yeah, no, uh, Johnny Tran. He is a really cool villain, I think. It's so you so yeah. you're surrounded by people who do bad shit, and then right? you've got and they're like antiheroes kind of thing. And then you've got this real calm, calculating evil dude that will just f your car up or just shoot you. He's part of like <laughs> the triads. Or something. I mean, yeah, like, it, it's all that's I mean, where the movie ends with like yeah. you know the shooting and the yeah. and and then the stuff. And, but he dies. Yeah. yeah. It's weird because, like, when we get to the end of the movie, and this is related to to Johnny Tran, um, you know, like, okay, his guys have have shot uh, Jesse. Jesse, right? It was him. He shot him. It was actually him. Yeah, him oh, and his like, him and his cousin. That yeah. looks look like I can say that. Um, <laughs> well, they are wearing helmets as well, so you, you could get away with that. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's fine. Um, <laughs> it almost seems like I kind of didn't realize that that last that that. Tr- that truck heist scene and then Paul Walker being like, mm. you know, revealed. I didn't realise that was that was sort of like the third act. I yeah. didn't realise that's where we were. So then when, when Jesse's shot and you know, Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, they're like, Let's go get him. Mm. Like, you know, we're gonna get him. Go, 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 go. You know, mm. Paul Walker's being all cop like and stuff. Vin mm. Diesel's on the chase. I thought it was like, Alright, we're setting up for a final act we're going to take them down and then it's like they just get they just got they like you know they get mm. taken out and then and then it's them it's Paul Walker and Vin Diesel they just have their drive off at yeah. the end with the, you know, yeah, Vin Diesel's car gets or his dad's car gets you know flips over yeah. messed up and then Vin Diesel goes and I was like oh the movie just ends that's it I thought there was going to be more to to Johnny Tran's character and like yeah. you know oh Either he's set up, or like we've got to take him down now, you know, like a common villain. But it was very quickly done. Yeah, done, dusted, shot in the Fast back, and furiously guys. wrapped up. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. It's in the title. So, I don't know. I feel like a good setup for this character, but then I feel like uh, there wasn't well, really much to it. it just well, and of... there's also there's that extra level of emotion attached to it. Like you see when the cops raid his house, and they and you see his dad slap him basically and say, you know, you know, basically he ruins his the honor of the family. Yeah, and he. You know, at race wars when um, Dom and him they're having a bit of a scuffle when he blames Dom for the the SWAT raid, 
but his pure emotion in his voice when he says, you know, I brought dishonor to my family. Like you, you and that's you, really you, what. Yeah. Yeah. But they gave him that level of depth, <laughs> and 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 then and, and then and they then, just they, they, they just cut right they him don't off do anything with him. They don't do anything with him. I, was like, I thought it was, I was a... like in that moment when he's when he's just accusing Dom of of basically yes ratting him out, and Dom you know having to go I'm not a bloody rat don't you, don't you dare kind of thing, but it's an intense moment where you're like a great character development, and then the next time you see him, all he does is he he wins a race. No, no, he doesn't win a race. But he just basically shoots shoots. Jesse and then gets shot himself. It's like that's it. And that's it. And I just feel like I don't know, there was just a bit of like they build him up the whole movie. Underwhelmingness to, to both his yeah. character and then the movie as a whole because I was like, Oh, okay, we're done. I I just wasn't kind of ready for it. I just feel yeah. like it was just I don't know, I just thought it wrapped up. I felt like there was another twenty minutes of the movie that needed yeah. to unfold, but I don't know. Either way. Before we wrap up though, mm. should we talk about how this movie, being twenty years old, mm is pretty dated in terms of what we see in this movie. Number one, mm. we see a floppy disk. And that made me yes, laugh. Every time I see do. a floppy disk, I'm like... <laughs> yes, we do. Um, um, we see, yeah, and and that floppy disk was definitely not loading that animation on that computer. Definitely not. No, it couldn't, couldn't be crazy. And then, I mean, the major thing, the whole <laughs> catalyst plot kind of MacGuffin to this movie, Yes, what the heists are all about, that's Panasonic DVD players. Absolutely. Like, it just seemed like such a weird thing for us to be following. Oh, these guys are going to steal these DVD players. And this is a problem watching it later oh. in life, is, <laughs> is uh, that they are not of any value. Oh, no, they are. If you're looking at it with the appreciation that it's a 90s movie or a no, like, yeah. Movie. I mean, at the time, they were high-tech, technology, valuable, expensive. No, but you cool. could look at it almost like a period piece now. I suppose. And, yeah. go, and go, in the 90s, that's what it was. That's what was expensive. That's what yeah. people would have been stealing. But yeah, when I watched that as no, well... No, look, I, I like, get it. And I, I told my brain that. And I was like, yes. because you lived through it. That's it why. was still weird, though. I yeah. was like, I can get a DVD play for like 15 bucks on Gumtree. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. If I even play the bloody things. It, yeah. Just have a PlayStation, put a disc in it. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, it is. It is very. Um... But I, yeah, I just wanted to point out the sort of the things that just date this movie. But I, everything else mm-hmm. really could have been set any time. So look, I mean, um, O'Connor's flip phone as well. You know. Oh, the flip phones. Yeah. The flip phones. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. But and I'm sure. I mean, I wouldn't know, but I'm sure maybe it has like car technology and stuff. Oh, there were some like digital screens that looked pretty dated, kind of thing, but. I don't know. I'm sure One dude was playing PS One in his car. <sighs> High tech. It's just it's just weird to look at this. Number one, like with the with the dating of this movie being mm. twenty years old, and then to see what we're getting now. Mm. They're going into space. They're like jumping off things. They're like they're super spies and mm. crazy technology. And I don't know. It's just like it's just in the same world. It's it is so. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah but, that, but this, this, this. I can't judge it until I see the progression and see how. I, I'm really curious to see how. Just how it changes and how it moves into this new landscape. It's not as jarring as you think it is. Would you compare it to? I mean, Jurassic Park is the the comparison I'm gonna I'm mm. gonna put here. Is this movie like a Jurassic Park? And then Fast and Furious 5, 6 and stuff, like Jurassic World, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, where it kind of becomes a bit stupid. Um, I know, it definitely becomes <laughs> stupid, but it's progressive. 
So, so it's not as so the way that they do it, it's not like, like it's four, one, one movie turns four into a like, starts wow. to do some weird stuff. Yeah, you're like okay, they and start then to five get a is bit... like eh, we're doing it a bit more. Yeah. So right. number yeah number. So just don't watch number one and number eight. Watch them yeah. all in order. That's right. And okay. Yeah. So and you might you might find that the impact is even lessened if you push number three back with like six or something as well true yeah because you'll get a different tonal shift there but yeah anyway look waffle 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 we've we've covered this movie what do you reckon I'll get some waffles now is it (laughs) is it um is it time to do our 10 questions in approximately 60 seconds quiz yes let's see how terribly I do yeah I think you're not going to do too (laughs) well if there's any questions about any sort of car make or brand or whatever (laughs) we got no chance um I tried to be gentle and I did did uh, shout, out, shout, out, shout out to wife of the pod Laura, who I tested on the car on the way here, who got who, she got seven out of ten. Okay. So, so uh, see how you go with this. Yeah, but she could have watched this movie twenty times. I don't know. She has not. Okay. Although she's very, very keen on watching the next one. All right. Okay. So, oh, cool. We got a fan. Here we are. <laughs> okay, Jason. I've got ten questions. You're going to answer them in approximately sixty seconds or as long as it takes. Um, question one. What colour is the glow under the heist cars? Get get out of here. I don't know, red. No. Blue. No. Purple. Incorrect. Green. Incorrect. Just, Yellow. You, I can't believe you didn't get that first go. Okay. What food does Connor always order from Mia? Tuna sandwich. Yeah. Crust cut off. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> okay. What brand of electronics are in the hijacked truck? Panasonic DVD players. Yes, they are. Or just Panasonic, yes. if that's what you're asking. Panasonic, yeah. How many years did Dom go to jail for? Five years. We've talked about it already. Three years. You're wrong. Two years. Okay. <laughs> what? Oh, I've said this as well. What is O'Connor's undercover surname? Oh, Spiegler or something. Spiegler. Close Spangler. enough. Close enough. <laughs> what is the beer of choice? Corona. Yeah. You can drink. What is it? You, you can you have any beer. Any beer you like. But it has to be a Corona. Correct. Yeah. Um, what distance is the usual street race? Ten seconds. No distance. Ten seconds. I don't know. Uh, Skip that one. 200 because meters. What? Um, miles? 60 miles? No. What do the racers uh, use to give themselves a speed boost? NOS. Yes, they do. <laughs> Still um, don't know what it is. What, uh, what make and or model of car do they use in the heists? They say I told it a you, lot. I told you not to. say it a lot. I don't know. Skip that one. And number... Nissan's. 10. <laughs> Whose house do the LAPD and FBI use for their base of ops? Oh, um... Do you remember the celebrity? Was it Elizabeth Perkins Hurley? Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth... No. Elizabeth Close. Oh. You get half a point. Okay. You're terrible. Elizabeth at, at Taylor. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor. Taylor. Give me that point. Give me that point. You can have the point. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm going to go through these. You're, t- you're terrible at this. Yep. I'm, I'm going to replace you with my wife because she's better at these quizzes. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, what colour is the glow under the highest cars? It's green, you fool. Was that one of the colours I eventually said? Yeah, after five. Oh, I should still get it. Um, what, uh, how many years did Dom spend in jail? It was two years he spent in jail. It should have been longer. Um, that guy's face was messed up. What is O'Connor's o- undercover surname? I was going to give it to you if you said anything that sounded like Spilner. Spiller. Which you did. You did say Spillermar or something. Um, what distance is a usual street race? It's a quarter mile, man. Oh, and that's that's He's, that's yeah. how Vin Diesel lives, lives his, his life. life. One yeah. quarter mile at a time. 
okay. what do racers use to give themselves a speed boost? NOS, you got what make a model, I said, and or model of cars that they use in the heist. They say it all movie. It's their Honda Civics. I said Nissan, close enough. No. And then Black, <laughs> if you want extra points. And then whose house do they use? They use Elizabeth Taylor's house. Yeah. But you got that one. Cool. You got, I think you got like six or something. That's a, a lot more than I thought, are you sure? <laughs> well, <laughs> hang on. It's now time, now that we've quizzed you and you've shown how observant you are, um, it's time to rate our, our movie. All right. You go mate. first. Um, look, again, going into this, mm. it was a case of, look, um, I've got no interest in this franchise. <laughs> I'd never really <laughs> properly watched this movie, nor have I checked out the other ones. Um, but look, it's about time I get on board and see what I've been missing. So I went into it. Damn right. And just to cap it off, I just got to say, I like this movie. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Nice one. I enjoyed it. I felt the action scenes. I was pleasantly surprised with the characters and what they were doing. Most of them. Um, <laughs> you know, enjoyable movie. Yeah. Uh, a bit, yeah, I was still a bit miffled at the end, if that's a word. Uh, just, I just felt it like it, now. I just felt like it ended, and I was like, "Oh, I wasn't really ready for it." Maybe, but I guess that means I wanted more. I wanted more. Mm. So, look, I'm not going to praise it and say like it's the best thing ever, but like I didn't, I enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm ready to watch the second one now. I'll keep going, um, and look if if I can get on board with the craziness. I'm just, I mean, I'm curious more than anything, but like, I'm on board to buckle in and watch the rest of this franchise. Um, I'm going to give this movie a very comfortable 3.5. Mm. Like, I enjoyed it. I liked it. But I wouldn't... Um, Good stuff. You know, I'm not like... I'm not racing out to watch this one again because it was so good. Mm. But um, no, it was decent. Good start. Hopefully they can keep the tone and the realness of this movie going forward and we should be in good hands. <laughs> you are going to be thoroughly disappointed <laughs> very quickly. Um, all right. Well, that's great. It's three and a half. Did you say three and a half? I said three and a half. I think so, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's go with that. I think nice one. Me, I said at the top, I've watched this movie so many bloody times. It's And I love it. I think it's great. I was the target market, so it did its job for me. Um, I I have a real appreciation for um, practical filmmaking and things like that. We've talked about that endlessly. And just the, the sheer amount of work and, and technical skill that's involved in just the choreography between the cars and the way that they move and, and the way that they're controlled. I think it's just it's really well made. One thing I don't like about the movie is how it glorifies things like street racing and hoon culture and stuff. It's, that's not me. I don't like that. And I'm not a car person, so I don't really care for the scene. Mm. I'm not a street racer. Yeah. But <laughs> I really, 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 really enjoyed how much effort this movie put towards developing its characters when it, a lot of others in this kind of genre especially beyond this things like the movie like Need for Speed and stuff they don't give that level of detail and complexity that is it. a good point when yeah. I sorry to interject your mm. summary there but mm. for, a, for a film to take a genre or a type of setting a type of scenario mm. that doesn't interest us mm. and gets us interested just because of the characters and what they're displaying on screen and you know what's happening yeah. in the action stuff. It's like, job well done. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. For me, believe it or not, this actually uh, raised a little bit higher than uh, our previous <laughs> movie, Mr. Indiana Jones. Um, uh, I'm giving this a four. Um, I really, really 
appreciate the way this is made, the, the movie's made, technically. The soundtrack, everything, it's just absolutely bonkers. Um, stuff not even I'm not even a fan of, but it really does create the world that we're in, and those characters are really f- fully fleshed out and developed, and I just love watching this movie. So it's not perfect, of course, but it's uh, definitely... <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I would re-watch this multiple times, all the time. Have done already. And that's it, I think. So you're a three and a half, I'm a four. Sounds good. That, ladies and gentlemen, was our rewind to 2001, The Fast and the Furious. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we'll remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any Rewind requests, can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstudiopodcast at gmail.com. Yep, or you can reach out to us on either That Film Studio or Rewind Review's Facebook pages and like and follow these pages while you're there. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. You can find our entire catalogue of episodes at thatfilmstudiopodcast.com. Recently posted from that film studio, there would have been a review of Luca, um, the new Disney Pixar movie headed straight to... Well, head, it did head straight to Disney+. Plus. No extra charge. <laughs> um, pleasant surprise. Also a little bit concerning, but that's all good. Um, <laughs> sounds like comics also had a recent episode on Star Wars, The Clone Wars Season 7, or the final season, um, plus... It could have already been posted, I think. Um, mm-hmm. An episode looking at G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, that movie. Cool. Um, but next up here on Rewind and Review, if you want to know, well, we'll give you this little clue, this little soundbite, and you can work it out and come up with the rest yourself. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of Rewind and Review, and we will see you on our next trip. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.